everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Making Sales Social Live, where today we're going to be talking about LinkedIn and networking. Welcome to Making Sales Social Live, as we share LinkedIn and social selling training, strategies, and tips that will have an immediate impact on your business. Join Bill McCormick, Bryn Tillman, and me, Bob Woods, every week. Making Sales Social Live. This is the recorded version of our weekly Making Sales Social Live show. It, it's kind of like, you know, peanut butter and jelly, or for this weekend, peanut butter and chocolate, if you're a Reese's fan. They, they, they go together really, really well. We're going to talk about three different ways that can help you with LinkedIn and networking. Bryn, why don't you break those three down? I love it. Okay. So one of the reasons Reasons. LinkedIn is so powerful when it comes to uh, networking is, number one, it's really easy to find lots of people to network with, right? So identifying who else in the world or in your region or wherever you sell is selling to the same buyer, but is not a competitor, is a wonderful person to network with. The other thing is LinkedIn allows us to search and filter our networking partners connections. So we don't have to leave it up to them to figure out who to introduce us to. So those are kind of the benefits of networking with LinkedIn. But there are three areas that we're going to talk about today. The first one is how do you position both your profile and your presence, your content and and your engagement in a way that when we are approaching networking partners and they vet us out, they're like, oh, this would be a really good person to network with, right? We've got to sell us on them as well. Number two, we're going to talk about how do we find networking partners? And there's a lot of ways to do that with LinkedIn and leveraging our connections. And last, we're going to talk about how to ask and run a productive networking meeting. Does that sound good, guys? That sounds great. Let's do it. So, Bob, why don't you start a little bit with how do you position yourself well from a profile perspective? Yeah, just so so from a profile uh, perspective, what we're talking about is is essentially doing what we always talk about when it comes to profiles and social selling in, in general, and that's, and that's transforming that profile from a resume to a resource. And while we're doing that mainly for clients and things like that, any potential networking partner coming in uh, who serves the same general type of audience or client will then read through your profile and say, okay, this person is, is speaking my language. This person knows what my audience as well needs. And I can tell that from the profile. So this person would be a good networking partner for me because we jive in terms of our thinking when it comes to serving customers. So that's probably uh, the biggest thing there. So so you're not going to necessarily do anything really different to the main parts of your profile, but you do need to transform from a resume to a resource so that you're not only a resource for clients, but the people who are coming in and and looking for wanting to be a network partner with you also recognize that you are serving the same types of clients that they are. That's pretty much perfect. I love that. And I would just say that I think one of the things you want to make sure of is that you have your ICP down down well, that, that you know the clients that you're looking for so that 
because that's going to be what the other networking partner recognizes also, because as Bob says, they're, they're probably selling into the same type of client. So, so making sure that that's there right in your headline, you know, who do you in the, who do you help? We always say, who do you help? How do you help them? What are the results you bring and what is it that you do? So making sure you have that right there. So then people looking and going, Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. He or she wants to know the same people that I want to know. We should definitely talk. Yeah. And just, just ICP is your ideal customer profile. So, yep. or persona depends on how you slice that one up. So I love that. Absolutely. When you can define that, it makes it really easy for your potential uh, networking partner to say, Hey, yeah, we sell into the same people. So perfect. Perfect. There are other areas to position even beyond the profile, like the content that we're sharing and who we're engaging with. Does anyone want to take that? So I think one of the things is identifying networking partners. I always want to say clients, right? Um, identifying potential networking networking partners, going and looking at their pro, their 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 cl- content and seeing you know what kind of content are they creating so that you can engage on it. But then also when you identify that common denominator, so, um, you know, Bob and I, Bob, I, I'm in payroll and Bob's an accountant and, and we sell mainly to small businesses. If I find some content that is appropriate to small businesses, I can share that with Bob. Hey, Bob, as someone who sells into small businesses like mm-hmm. I do, I thought you may find this article on XYZ really pertinent. It had some great points. I thought one and three were great. Would love to know your take on that. So I think that's really important. But I think the big thing is engaging on their content if they're sharing content, because it's going to really get you on their radar and, and put you in a much better position to reach out to them to, to have a networking call, because that's really what we're, you know, usually we say we want to have more sales conversations. Well, that's the end game in this. But really where we want to start is I want to have a networking conversation. With mm. And I actually think that 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 Bill kind of inadvertently backed into a point that um, when he was confusing clients with with networking partners, in a sense, a networking partner is kind of like a client. And I think that that's why he he kind of stumbled on that on that a little bit. You still need to support your networking partners like they like in a in a sense, like they are clients yes. because um, because you are helping one another. So you should support them as such, essentially. So so and and that's a bit more of a mindset type of thing. But when it comes especially to the commenting on 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 their content and the sharing content thing, I think that that's where that idea really comes together. That partners, they're kind of like clients at the same time. Well, the interesting thing, too, just to add to that, and I think Bill touched on this, but I'll go like just kind of reiterate Mm -hmm. is that you know and and I think you may have even touched on this too Bob but you know when that networking partner is vetting us they're not vetting us necessarily on how we can help them and their business they're vetting us and whether or not we are going to be helpful to their clients so Mm -hmm. when they see the content. So maybe we come across their content and and we're engaging on their content because we want to get on their radar, but we may want to share that with the rest of our network as well. If more people like them will, would engage on that. If that's content that would attract more of those people. But I think the, the, the reason 
our profile as a value centric profile doesn't really adjust for clients or for networking partners is our clients are looking to see how we can help them. And our networking partners are looking to see how we can help their clients. So I think that's a big win. So the positioning, we, we kind of really covered that. I think you guys did a great job of really talking about how do we show up in a way that's valuable to our networking partners? Let's talk about finding networking partners, because I think, you know, a lot of times we'll have folks say, yeah, this is great, but I don't really have anyone to refer business to or to get referrals from. And by the way, I just want to kind of side note this, a networking partner is two ways. You are not just finding them so they can refer to you. You need to refer to them as well. So we have to vet them. We can't just work with any networking partner or any vendor that we're going to introduce into our network. So we need people that really are pre-vetted. So my favorite way to do this, and you guys can chat about some other ways, but my favorite way to do this is to ask my current clients, who are they using? So we'll stick with uh, payroll accountants, CPA, right? So um, I'm a CPA and I go to Mr. Business Owner that I've been working with for years. And I'm like, you know what? I'm committing 2022 to be the year where I meet all of my clients, clients, other trusted advisors. And so I'm curious, who are you using for payroll and do you like them? And so now that client can say to their CPA, you know what, I'm using this company for payroll, but I never really talked to them. I don't find them very good or whatever. Now you have an opportunity to introduce them to other payroll people that you've been networking with. If they love their payroll person, then you say, you know, this would be great if I could meet them. Would you mind providing their contact information? And when I reach out, I'll let them know that we share you as a client. And you start to build those relationships. There's actually another benefit to having a strong networking um, partner network, for lack of a better term. You can use that as part of your USP, unique selling proposition. You know, hey, if you need other services, I have a wide network of people who are able to help you out. Please let me know if if you need anyone who is a a bookkeeper, a CPA, you know, and and just go down the list too, so so that you really become a hub for your clients. And then at the same time, you're giving, um, which is what networking is all about, which, which, which we have a comment there, build that network so that you can actively kind of market yourself like that. But at the same time, you are truly giving too. I mean, it's not like you're saying that you're doing it. You're not doing it. You, you really are doing it. So become that resource through everything that we've been talking about and we will talk about. So let me just take a more traditional uh, track with this. And, and, you know, there are traditional places to find networking partners. BNI is a great, so I, Bryn's been a BNI, Bob's been a BNI, I've been a BNI. We're all former BNI members. I, mm-hmm. I've heard it's like the it's like the Marines. You're never an X. There are traditional and and now with the hybrid, a lot are are meeting online. Chambers of Commerce are are some others. But on in LinkedIn, you can also find networking partners in the comments of your magnets posts. So a magnet is someone who draws in your type of clients with their with their content. So it makes sense that they'll also draw other networking partners that sell into the same type of client as you. So as you look through those comments and you engage with people there, then it makes sense to, to take it to a networking meeting where you can then talk to them and find out, hey, is there, is, is there some kind of connection? When someone says, 
that they're they're all about authenticity and they're all about you know really selling in in genuineness. I always think they need to talk to Larry Levine because he wrote the book Selling from the Heart. And so I, I'm all about making those kind of connections. And so as long as we keep our radar up, right, keep our, our antenna sharp and listening, we can be those connectors of people and foster a, a larger network. And as Larry says, your network equals your net worth. Yeah, you know, that's really interesting because there are two major people that I'm referring all the time. One is uh, for website creation and one is for marketing, right? And so I've got people in my pocket, but they're referring to us too. And so um, I think it's really important and it doesn't always have to be the same people, but that, you know, you're giving referrals, but you're also meeting with them. And if they're not actively giving you referrals, you can do what we're going to talk about next. I think this is a great lead in, which is how do we ask and run a networking meeting? But before we do that, the question that came in is, uh, do you find LinkedIn is like a BNI online? The answer is no, but we can make it that way, right? So BNI is there's one person per industry and you know, you're captive in making those introductions. And the reason I don't see it like a BNI is there are hundreds and thousands of people, right? And um, but I think you can create your own little hubs, your own little groups of people where you are referring each other. And I think that could be pretty powerful. Uh, a little messaging pot of those people as as well. So it becomes, you know, slightly more BNI, you know, it's not a true BNI type of thing. And, you know, one of the things, I mean, there's a lot that I love about BNI, but one of the, the challenges is you don't have a width of people to like, you know, if you, and they're also very retail oriented, there's plumbers and painters. And so if you're B2B, it may not necessarily be the right place for you. I just joined this M3 linked, which is, I mean, it, which is totally B2B. It meets on Wednesday nights, which is great online. And it's not limited to one person per seat. And I like that. Like you, you can fight for your spot, right? If you're really good, then you become the person they refer, but yeah. it gives you opportunities to refer other people as well. So I think that that's great. My daughter is a BNI member. And when she moved, she bought a house outside of her BNI networking area, but she went right onto BNI, looked up people in other chapters, found them on LinkedIn and hired them for construction, for like for all the things that she needed. So there's some real value, but she took it from the BNI directory into LinkedIn. So let's move on to asking and running a meeting. So now we've identified, uh, let's just say one, we're still in the CPA payroll. So the CPA is now identified one payroll company or person, salesperson that one of their clients works with and they love. We've now connected. How do we ask for that networking meeting? And, and again, I, I want to contrast this with what a what a quote unquote normal networking one on one looks like where, you know, so Bryn and I are going to go out and have coffee. And the whole idea of this one hour coffee is so that Bryn can tell me about her business and what she does and tell me what an ideal client is for her. And then I can tell her about my business and what I do and what makes an ideal client for, for me. And we agree that if we run into anyone or if we know anyone, 
in our circles that meet that criteria will make that introduction. And we part and we go our separate ways and we go back to our busy lives and we may or may not remember to make that, that referral. It's really up to chance. Some people are really good at this and they really keep their feelers open and they're really great at saying, oh yeah, I know someone for this, I know someone for that. Other people aren't so great at it. What's so great about LinkedIn is it gives us this ability that before Bryn and I meet, I can go into her connections as long as we're connected on LinkedIn. And that's why you should be connected to all of your networking partners on LinkedIn. I can go and I can search her connections for people who match my ideal client profile and I can come with a list. She can do the same thing. And so it makes the meeting much more productive because we both walk away with names of people who we're either going to make introductions for or permission to name drop. So I love that. I love that. I'm going to um, hop into, we have this question that came in. Ultimately, how do you make the marketing message more human? So the marketing message originally to that networking person should come from, hey, we share a client. There's nothing more human than that. We, you know, we're fr- you know, friends with the same friend, right? Like there's an immediate connection. So I think when you're doing it this way, you're not cold calling networking partners. You're in a much better position from a human perspective. When we take it from, I had the conversation that Bill just talked about with our networking partner, and now we're going to make, get either get some introductions, make some introductions. I think it's literally, so if it, if we're getting the introduction, it's easy. Bill says, Bryn, please meet Bob Woods. Bob and I were chatting the other day. Your name came up in conversation. And after he told me a little bit about his CPA firm, I thought it might make sense for, to introduce the two of you. I'm not sure if you're exploring new folks, but you know, or if you're happy with your current one, but I recommend taking Bob's call. Um, it'll be well worth your time, right? So now we make that introduction. If it's permission to name drop, Bryn, Bob Woods and I were chatting the other day. Your name came up in our conversation and he thought I should reach out and introduce myself. Let's connect and I'll loop you in on what we chatted about. And it's really that simple. Why is that personal and human? Because we have a shared friend. This is the difference, right? We do not love cold calling on LinkedIn. We are much happier when we're coming in through warm market. So the last question of the day here is what percentage of your time involves old school cold calling if you are using LinkedIn properly, as I know the three of you do? We do not. Zero. Zero Zero percent cold calling. Zero. Zero. LinkedIn gives us this opportunity that we can find out about people, we can learn from them, we can learn about them, that we can come in warm. We don't have to come in cold. And as Bryn just said, if, if we, there's a mutual connection, we can ask for either an introduction or permission to name drop. So we're coming in at that higher level of credibility. So many people right now are reaching out on LinkedIn cold and it's ruining the platform. And people are getting sick of being spammed on LinkedIn because that's what they see. They see cold outreach as spam. You can disagree with that all you want, but they get to set that our clients, our prospects get to set that definition. And they're saying, if you're reaching out to me cold on LinkedIn, that's spam. And so I, I think anyone that's reaching out cold on LinkedIn, if you're having success, my guess is it's a low percentage of success. And you have to ask yourself what you're doing to the people who aren't 
accepting you. We don't promote cold, cold outreach on LinkedIn at all. Now, the direct outreach, which might answer this, is I'm engaging with someone's comments. I'm starting a conversation with them. I'm ultimately taking that conversation from LinkedIn to a Zoom call or a phone call. But it's like meeting someone in a networking meeting, right? It, I'm not cold calling them. I'm walking into a networking meeting and I'm starting this conversation that ultimately leads to, hey, let's have coffee, which is the Zoom call, right? right? So, okay, we're going to close this up. Bill, I'm going to hand it back to you. Yeah, so LinkedIn and networking, perfect together, like peanut butter and jelly, like peanut butter and chocolate, if you're a Reese's fan, some people who are- Butter and bacon. Or peanut butter and bacon. Peanut butter and bacon? Oh, yeah. So yeah. anyway, so, but they go LinkedIn and, and, and networking go perfect together. As I always say, LinkedIn is a seven, I think we're up to 750 million user networking room that's open 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year. So make sure you're using that. And we'd love to hear, reach out to us and let us know the successes you're having. So until next Please. time. Thanks so much. We'll see you on Making Sales Social Live. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Bye-bye. Don't miss an episode. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. Register for free resources at linkedinlibrary.com. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.